Good morning, church family. Thank you so much for being here in worship today. I can think of no better way for us to start the week than in God's house with God's people worshiping our one true God. This weekend, I'm actually away from the church. I'm meeting with other free Methodist leaders and pastors <laughs> as we're thinking through and praying through how do we raise up the next generation of leaders. And while I'm doing this work, today you're in for a special treat. You get to hear some very encouraging words from someone who's been pouring into our kids' ministry for almost 10 years now. And so if you would, please welcome to the stage, Cami Culpepper. Good morning, church family. It is so good to be with you this morning, and I am just so excited and humbled that I get to bring the Word of God to this family that I love so very much. And in honor of God's Word, would you please stand with me this morning for the reading of God's Word? Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither toil nor sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to your life? And why are you anxious about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we put on? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day is his own trouble. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. This morning, um, in honor of Pastor Chris, who is not here with us, I just want us to, um, real quickly, don't you love our pastor, Dr. Chris Montgomery? Could you please give him a hand this morning? I'm telling you what, Chris Montgomery, He's such an amazing man of God, and I'm so thankful for the, the direction that he has been taking Frazier in. And this morning, in honor of him, I have a joke. <laughs> yes. Why did Adam and Eve do math? Because they were told to multiply. Okay, I know, it was bad, it was bad, yes. But, uh, you know, when I was a little girl, I had two older brothers, and I used to love to play hide and seek. And my brothers, one day, they said, you go and hide, and we'll go seek you. So I found the perfect hiding place in the front entryway closet between all the coats and the vacuum cleaner. I tucked myself back away in there, and I thought if I scooted back far enough, I just might slip into Narnia. And then we'll continue with that story in just a few moments. You know, there's so many of my favorite things that I love, and one of my favorite things is talking about my Jesus. You know, he has several names. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's my peace. He is my Jehovah Rapha, my healer. Jehovah Shammah, he is there. 
And today we're gonna talk about Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. He has provided time and time again in my life. And I ask you this morning, where has he provided for you? Where do you need him to provide for you today? We're gonna look into the word of God this morning. I tell our boys and girls all the time, this is the word of God, it's true, and I love this word of God because it's infallible. It's full of truth and wisdom and hope for what's ahead. And so we're gonna look at some stories in the word of God and then how we can today see how God has provided. So where did Jehovah Jireh come from? Where did he first provide in the Bible? In the very first book of the Bible, the book of? Very good. Genesis, there was a man named Abraham. And when he was 100 years old, God provided and he brought the promise of a son to him and his 90-year-old wife. And after the boy grew, God told him to lay his son down and to sacrifice Isaac. So they took the three-day journey. And while they were on the way there, it says in Genesis 22, Abraham They're walking, and his son said, "Uh, Father, yes, my son, the fire and wood are here, but where is the lamb for the offering? And Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb. He bound Isaac, he put him on the altar, and just as he was getting ready to take his life, the angel of the Lord called out and said, Abraham, do not lay a hand on the boy. And right there in the thicket was a ram. God provided the sacrifice It was not his son, Isaac. So right there at that place on Mount Moriah, Abraham named that place Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord my provider. It's not the Lord did provide, it's the Lord will provide. In other words, that name doesn't reflect a past event, but it anticipates a future action. Jehovah-Jireh himself was providing that sacrifice, and that was the action of the foreshadowing of the provision of his son for the salvation for the world. There was another guy, he had a real fancy coat, you know his name, he had some very mean brothers who was very jealous of him, his name was Joseph. And they threw him into a well, they sold him into slavery, and what looked like was gonna be the end, no, 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 God had other plans. He was raised into a place of authority with Pharaoh, and later he saved up, and he saved Egypt, and he saved his own family that betrayed him because he saved up for the famine that was there. Jehovah Jireh provided for Joseph and for all of his family and for Egypt. The Israelites, they wandered all around in the desert. 40 years, it says their clothes never wore out, their feet never swell, and God provided because every day he would bring food and provide for them. He did the same thing for Elijah. Elijah, he told him uh, to go to the folks, and he told him, he said, it's not gonna rain, and as he was out in the desert, every day a raven would come and feed him and provide water from a brook there. And even when the brook dried up, he provided a widow and her son to provide for him. Then, do you know what happened to the son? He died. But God once again provided, he brought healing through Elijah and brought the widow's son back to life. This was in the Old Testament, and also Hannah. Hannah, one of my favorite, what did God do for her? He provided a son. It says in 1 Samuel, I pray for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. As we turn to the New Testament, the very first book, Matthew, Jesus provided Jehovah Jireh for the multitudes. He took a little boy's lunch, and he turned it into leftovers. He provided to the people there. And you see, here's the thing, it says that Jesus saw the multitude and he had compassion on them. And that's exactly what Jairus, that's what it means. Jairus means to see. And because God sees, he can now make provision. God's prevision leads to his provision. And because when God sees you choose him, 
And he sees too that he's gonna provide for you because if you have your complete commitment in him, he's going to be that provider for you. There's not a lack of provision in God. It might just be there's a lack of priority on your part. Let's look at these other promises from God's word. In 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it says, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. He will provide an abundant life for you as John 10, 10 promises us. He is going to give you life and to the full in abundance. Luke 6, 38, give and it will be given to you. Pressed down and shaken together will be put right into your lap. My favorite book of the Bible is Psalms and I love to dwell there and our kids learn from a very early age, Psalm 23, and I love what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. In Psalm 37, it says, I was young and now I am old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken are his children begging bread. And I really love this one. 132 tells us, I will bless her with abundant provision. Jehovah Jireh is my provider. So God provided all these things in the Bible and he is providing today. You know, he just provided just last month. Our team went to Malawi on a missions trip. They got there. The luggage did not. And I tell you what, Kim Class and Elizabeth, they always look so cute, but God dressed them there in Malawi with clothes that were provided right there, and they looked adorable. He provided something as simple as clothes when the suitcase didn't arrive. He also provided healing for my friend earlier this month. After many years battling cancer, he took her home, and she is with him. That was not the healing that we'd hoped for, but he provided that. He provided healing for my friends. Kyle and Melanie Bowling, their sweet boy Zane, was baptized right here two weeks ago for months. They had been back and forth to Children's Hospital trying to find out what was going on in his body, and God healed him. That day when he was baptized, he saw the doctor on Wednesday, and they said, we're releasing you. you are, there is nothing wrong with you. God brought healing to Zane's body. I believe he was baptized, he was raised as a new creation with his sins washed away, and his body renewed, and we praise him for that. We stood on that promise. You know what? God provided healing for me nine years ago. What was just a routine checkup? I went to the doctor and they found a tumor the size of a baseball. And he said, Cammy, this was not here a year ago. And as I went to the doctors, I did the surgery. The doctors were just amazed. They said, this is only the second time we've ever seen a tumor like this. They didn't understand. But three days later, we got the report. It's not cancer. You are healed. And I still on that promise. God is my healer, my Jehovah Rapha. He has provided for me. And folks, he will provide for you time and time again. He's provided healing for my body, my mind, my heart. He provided parents that brought me up to know him, a godly heritage. He has provided beautiful children that love him and they live for him. He's provided a home, vehicles, food on my table, friendship, companionship, comfort. Every day, when it's not cloudy, he provides the most beautiful sunrise to take away the darkness of night and say, Cammie, I'm here as you walk into your day and I'm gonna provide everything you need as long as you walk with me. And at the end of the day, sometimes he paints the most beautiful picture of that faithfulness to say, here we are at the end of the day and I carried you and he's going to carry you no matter what you're going through. He's provided assurance for whatever comes ahead, salvation, and he's provided the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to walk with us, and be with us here until we are there with him. 
because I have seen his faithfulness and I know he has provided for me, I can trust him and not worry. He is forever enough, more than enough. Now let's go back to that passage there in Matthew that we opened it with, and we're gonna look at it verse by verse. It says, do not be anxious about your life. What causes you to be anxious? When do you feel yourself getting anxious? Where's my mamas in the room? I'm sure many of you this morning felt a little anxious getting all the kids dressed to church, checked in at the tugboat, to their class, and by the time you got in here, you were like, Jared, come on, bring the worship. I need to just, I need to lean into Jesus. We have things that make us anxious. If you're a parent, from the time their babies are little bitty, we're so afraid they might stop breathing. We worry about when they start to school. Are they gonna like their teachers? Are they gonna make friends? We worry about when they start driving. Parents, that will change your life. The first time I watched my daughter drive away in the car with my other daughter in the car, I thought, Lord, and I heard this verse, do not be anxious, I've got them. What Jesus did not say in this verse, he did not say, forget about anxiety. He didn't say that the things that cause us anxiety don't matter. Anxiety is real, and it can be so crippling that it requires professional counseling and medical intervention, and I'm thankful that God puts those people in our lives to help us. When Jesus spoke these words to the people there at the Sermon on the Mount, he was talking to the broken people of that day, but he was also talking to the broken people of today, and that's us. And he told us, don't be worried. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. We can have confidence in him. He is going to supply our every need. I remember the verse from Hebrews 4 from a very young child. It said, seeing then that we have such a great high priest, Jesus, the Son of God, that's passed into the heavens, we can go before him. He's not a high priest that can't be touched with the feelings of our infirmity and our anxieties, but in all points, he was tempted just as we are, but yet without sin. So let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace so that we can receive mercy and grace to help in our time of need. Our Jehovah Jireh is there, and he's ready to provide for your every need. Philippians 4, 6 tells us, do not be anxious about anything, anything. When you're anxious, dwell just a few verses later, Philippians 4, 8 tells us, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, these are things that are excellent. Think on these things that are worthy of praise. So what are you thinking about this morning? Are you thinking about your breathing? We don't have to think about that because God made us all so fearfully and wonderfully made that our lungs just know to breathe in and out all throughout the day. And if we could live our lives not worrying about a thing like we do when we breathe, if we could do, as 1 Peter 5, 7 says, to cast all our cares on him, we'd be doing a lot better. Last week, our children were looking in Luke 10 at Mary and Martha and how Martha was so busy and so excited because Jesus was coming into her home and she was doing all the things of making preparation. But where was Mary in all of this? She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I have to admit, I'm very much like Martha. I'm busy and I'm doing, but if I can just be still and sit at the feet of Jesus, that's what he wants us to do. If you have accepted Jesus and you have claimed him as the Lord of your life, you can enjoy that deep peace and security that is only found in him, just as Mary did. 
Verse 26 says, your heavenly father feeds the birds. You know, birds seem to be, look like they're just out feeding themselves, but really, it's God that feeds them. They glorify him by being exactly what he created them to be, and he wants you to do the same thing. He created you exactly how he wanted you, and he will provide for your every need. I have in my home a big, giant bay window, and one morning as I sat there watching, there was a tiny little baby bird that landed, and it was sitting there just cheaping, chirping, and all of a sudden, its little wings started shaking, and, sh and all of a sudden, I looked, and here came mom bird with some grubby nastiness in her mouth and she came down and landed and that baby bird just opened its mouth wide and the mama fed the bird and it took off and I kept watching a few minutes later here again that little bird start doing this excited little dance its little wings would shimmer and down would come mom with this food and it, but the baby would open its mouth wide and I thought about that verse in Psalm 81 that tells us open your mouth wide and I will Feel it. This implies dependency, faith, and trust, and an act of obedience on our part and on God's part. It implies commitment, faithfulness, and provision. Verse 27, being anxious, who can add a single hour to their life? You are where you are in this hour, and where you are, God is there too. Not worrying doesn't mean ignoring the situation. When we talk to him about what's breaking our heart, he helps us to manage the amount of despair by showing us what is important for this day in this hour. There's a singer, Mark Hall. He's the lead singer of Casting Crowns, and he wrote a song that says, Already There, and he shared, he said, during a very rough stretch of my life, God gave me this reminder that for whatever we face ahead of us, he's already there, and he's in control. For you high schoolers, when you're looking out there trying to figure out what does the future look like, he's telling you, he is already there. He's sitting there at the end of your life and he knows exactly what's gonna happen. He's not stressed and we don't need to be stressed either because whatever comes, he is there. You know, Jesus knows about anxiety. Just 20 chapters later in the book of Matthew, he went to the garden he got on his face before his father God. Did he make other plans or try to control the situation? No, he let his worry compel him to his father. He let God fill him with enough strength that he could go to the cross to die, to save the world, and to save you from your worry and your anxiety. Verse 28 says, do not be anxious about clothing. Consider the lilies of the field. What is it about lilies? You know, lilies, they represent rebirth and hope. If Jesus cares so tenderly about these little short-lived wildflowers, don't you know that you are even more important than they are? There's, it, the lilies remind us it's that fleeting time that we have here on earth. It's not very long. Mes the message translation tells us, if God calls so much attention to these little wildflowers, how much more will he give attention to you, take pride in you, and do his best for you? Verse 30 says, will he not clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? And you know what? The size of your God, the size of your faith determines the size of your God. Now, it sounds kind of harsh when he says, O oh, you of little faith, but it's important to remember that Jesus was speaking to people he loves, and he was seeking to free them from that burden of worry. Verse 31 says, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, what shall we wear? We ask ourselves these things all the time, but many times we ask even deeper questions. Where am I gonna send my child to school if they don't get into the magnet program? I can't afford private school. I can't homeschool them. Where in the world is, and on and on and on, there's so many things that we worry about and we ask daily, but I love this. He tells us, don't worry, but instead, 
seek him first. He knows everything. Verse 32, he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, and he knows everything, and he is ready to supply. But verse 33 is where it all comes down to. In verse 33, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, things will be added to you. So how do you know that you are seeking God's kingdom first? Where do you primarily spend most of your time and energy? Is all your time and money spent on food and activities that won't last? How or where do I serve God, the results of which do last for eternity? The God of the universe is ready to provide everything you need, everything you need, the tangible, the physical, the spiritual, if you'll simply seek his kingdom first, because out of it, provision flows. You know, if you're gonna seek the kingdom, what is the most important thing in the kingdom? It's the king. It's the king. And if we were to try to go and see the king of England, it would take a lot of connections and money to try to meet the king. But no, not us. Our king of king, Jesus, the king of king, he is right there and he is ready to be right there for you. Seeking him is the key to breaking the power of worry. If you'll put him first in your life, in your marriage, in your singleness, in your finances, in your career, everything and honor him, he's gonna honor you. A.W. Tozer said, as God is exalted to the right place in our lives, a thousand problems are solved all at once, all at once. Psalm 34, if you will seek him, you will lack no good thing. Psalm 37, four, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. I remember someone saying, well, he doesn't, he's not real. He's not giving me what my heart's desire. No, you gotta get that first part. You've gotta delight in him. And when we delight in him, that's when our desires line up with his. Philippians 4, 9 says, my God will provide everything, every need according to his riches and glory. The enemy wants our attention and affection. If God has your heart, then your attention and affection is directed towards him. You can trust him. He's gonna provide. And provision, it's not a paycheck. It's not a spouse. It's not your parents. It's not anyone else. Only him, only King Jesus, the ruler of my heart. You know, our church has been journeying through life along the way these past several months, and just this week, this passage was there, and it's shared. These were the four things that people worry about. Their finances, their food, their fashion, and their future. Said worry can be defined as trying to solve problems your way, and the root of worry is a lack of faith. Faith and worry cannot coexist. Either we trust God or we worry about life. Worry is both foolish and fruitless because it involves a lack of faith. To worry less, we have to trust him more. And recently in another story, it talked about how the lame man, how Jesus, all he did was say, get up and walk. It was that simple. And I thought, that's how simple it should be in my life. The simplicity of just getting up and walking with him and believing that he's gonna provide. We often fail to grasp that simplicity of walking, knowing he's gonna provide. You know, worry hijacks your future and it steals your joy for today. We get to choose how we're gonna live our lives, truly trusting in God, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, or worrying about what he's already got under control. I love playing hide and seek with my brothers, and as I was stuck in that little hot closet between the coats and the stuffiness of the vacuum and the allergens, it started to dawn on me. I busted out of there and I said, you didn't come find me, and then I realized they weren't seeking for me. 
there I was, sweating, thinking I found the perfect hiding place. And I remembered that story a few weeks ago and I thought, Jesus, how many of us are not seeking for you? We're just hiding in this thing called life and we're not looking for him. Guys, he is there and he loves you. He's right there. He, if we are seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he's gonna provide everything, everything that we need. Jesus is God's perfect and complete provision, the answer to every person's deepest question and the fulfillment of your deepest needs. So what are you anxious about today? During this season of Lent, many of us give up something or we start something. I wanna ask you, what is that one thing, that little small something that you've been worrying about that you can say, okay, for these next 40 days, I'm gonna release it, I'm gonna give it to him. The cool thing is after Easter, you don't have to pick it back up. You can leave it right there with him. He will prove himself faithful and he will provide for you. If you'll put him first, seek him first, he will be your Jehovah Jireh. He will provide all that you need. He is Jehovah Jireh. And he is enough. And as our band is getting ready to come sing the song that I love so much, it talks about Jireh, how he loves us so much. He's more than enough. He's everything that you need. And I know that we had these altars open and I'm so thankful that our, we've been moving in that direction and doing that. But if you've got something today that you say, I just need to lay it down. I need to give it to Jireh today. We're gonna open these altars back up. I'll be down here. I would love to pray with you and believe for that miracle in your life that you need. Jesus is more than enough. Would you stand and pray with me? Jesus, I thank you so much. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And today, God, I ask that you would take away all worry, all fear, anxiety that's gripping and stealing our joy. God, may we be focused on you. May we live free, walking an abundant, full life with you. Thank you that we can never be more loved than we are right now because you are our Jehovah Jireh.